Super Scoreboard. The old firm through the decades. Some call it the greatest derby in the world. It is certainly the game that divides a country. When Celtic play Rangers, Scotland holds its breath. It's life or death to Celtic Rangers fans. Would you have signed for Celtic? No. Would you, Peter, have signed for Rangers? No chance. Absolutely not. Henrik was, um, you know, I call him a freak of nature. You know, 242 goals in 315 games. You know, that, that is just freakish. For me, it's the best Rangers team of all time that we were up against, and that's the biggest compliment I can pay those guys. When you walk in the doors, there's a special aura. When Graham left, David Murray actually just said, what do we need here? And we all said straight away, it's that man there. Our challenge, when, when Graham came in, was to put Celtic off the, the top of the league. I don't care who we lose at me. See if you win a sign for us, you can't lose at me, Rangers. I'd have given him the world. For us. The old firm is beyond anything I've experienced and ever seen and all that as well and you don't know how it is until you actually experience it yourself. Each family hands down the mantle supporting their particular team and that'll carry on forever. Super Scoreboard. The old firm through the decades. 0141-951-1025 It's time to talk football It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers suspend Jordan Jones and George Edmondson For breaking coronavirus rules On the pitch the team's gone 9 points clear At the top of the Premiership And Celtic's Cup dominance continues Seeing off Aberdeen to earn a Scottish Cup final place Against Hearts I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Evans. Rangers could have done without the public humiliation Of players breaching COVID-19 protocols And deflecting attention away from their good achievements on the park yesterday while going nine points clear at the top of the table but the club has behaved responsibly by suspending the players they have embarrassed Rangers and themselves by their actions Celtic were similarly embarrassed by Bolly Ball and Golly earlier in the season but their weekend was about rediscovering long lost form 35 cup wins in a row one cup final away from a quadruple treble and Neil Lennon 90 minutes away from becoming only the fourth manager in Celtic's history to win a treble following in the footsteps of Jock Steen Martin O'Neill and Brendan Rodgers Yeah what a good weekend of football Hugh Celtic taking care of Aberdeen will now face Hearts in the Scottish Cup final big three points for Dundee United to jump up to fifth Motherwell continue their recent good form with a win over Levy Rangers extend their lead to nine points at the top of the league. We have so much to discuss. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Phone lines are looking pretty busy already. Funny that. <laughs> Three minutes past six. You don't say. Uh, on a Monday night, um, they're always busy, but there's just there's, a, there's an extra few lines lit up. I, I would predict. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five is the number you need. And we're on Twitter as well, at Clyde SSB. There is a lot to talk about on the pitch. There is a big talking point off the pitch as well. Absolutely no doubt about that. But it is Monday night, Hugh Keevans, and these awards move for no man or coronavirus scandal. What was your result of the weekend? Hearts 2, Hibs 1. Hearts have a sense of grievance about them. A club with a cause is a dangerous opponent. And the performance of Craig Gordon in goal for Hearts Gordon for Scotland tomorrow I say When Steve Clark Announces his squad For that game Against Serbia 
Alex Ray, your result of the weekend? Yeah, uh, listen, I was I was going to go for Hearts as well, but I just never liked to agree with you. So I'm going to go <laughs> with the uh, Motherwell away win. Uh, I think that's three or four wins in the in the bounce uh, in the league, which is fine form. Get some catapult up the league. So Motherwell for me. What about your goal of the weekend? Ah, there's only one winner, Ryan Christie. I think it was a goal that set the tone for the afternoon for Celtic. They were looking as if they were full of themselves anyway and uh, rediscovering old form. But when Ryan Christie rifled that one into the net, I think it subdued Aberdeen and it bolstered Celtic. Yeah, I would have went for that as well. But since Hugh has uh, picked that, I have to pick another one. I'm going to go for Ollie Shaw, Ross County, a little threaded ball through, runs onto it through the goalkeeper's legs a really fine finish yeah we didn't have as much to choose from this week it was obviously a a reduced card go on then this is always my favourite your howler of the weekend Willie you know what's coming next Willie Collum quite right to give three penalties at Pataudry the weekend before but quite wrong to award two penalties one to Hibbs and one to Hart in that cup semi final. Oh, you think both were wrong? Yeah, I think. Willie so you're just going Willie for excessive howling I think, all round. I think Willie needs to calm down when the right. ball's in the penalty area. Okay, Alex Ray, your howler of the weekend. I'm going to go for Vigers. Wow. Listen, I, I know Someone Willie had, Willie had a nightmare, but listen, Vigers just eclipse Willie by a, a, a thread. And I would like you to try and describe what exactly well, uh, Ian Vigers did for so, anyone who's not seen it because so it's, it's quite tough to explain. Yes, the ball's coming towards two Ross County players in the box. Yes, in the box, the both of them go to take control of it. Neither of them do it because they think the other one's going to hit it. Vigers turns his back and almost catches it with his trailing arm <laughs> behind his backside. And he looks perplexed why there's a penalty given. It was a howler. It was bad, I must say. 01419511025 on the lines. At Clyde SSB on Twitter. What have you made of the weekend's talking points? If we're talking on the field, well, Celtic fans, how pleased are you to continue that cup dominance? 35 consecutive cup victories. Just tell us what you make of that. How are you set up to take on Hearts in the final? And what about the form? So much criticism recently. Is that you back on track, starting to get back on track? How do you see it? Rangers fans, nine points clear. Celtic do have games in hand. Is it a psychological advantage? you're not bothered about the league table at the moment? Tell us all your thoughts on the field. 01419511025. Off the field, Hugh Keevens. Mm. I wonder actually if you've gone a bit early on your howler. Of the weekend Because I can think of a couple of other guys That that might just fall into that category The big news from today So we'll start with it Is that Rangers players Jordan Jones and George Edmondson Have been suspended by the club For breaching coronavirus regulations Now the Ibrox club said the players Attended a private gathering With others outside their household That's known to you and I as a house party Um, Both Jones and Edmondson Have been suspended Pending an internal investigation (coughs) And they'll isolate for 14 days Rangers pretty strong In their statement early uh, Today It didn't really get Get time for, for, for other people To start the rumour mill I know it had started A little bit before Rangers came out But the chairman Douglas Park Ross Wilson Stephen Gerrard And I Says Stuart Robertson Discussed this matter As soon as it was brought To our attention We're completely Aligned in our action And the standards That are being set at Rangers We'll not tolerate behaviour That doesn't follow these standards It's totally unacceptable for our players to be involved in anything that puts at risk the excellent protocols that have been put in place at Rangers. They're clowns. Uh, They have embarrassed Rangers. They've embarrassed themselves. We are in the grip of a global pandemic, a a global tragedy, taking over a million lives. 
And for them to do what they did at the weekend was unforgivable. And I just wonder, Gordon, they were intercepted before Rangers training could begin today. Did they really and truly have it in mind to just turn up at training and hope they could get away with it? And thereby endanger every other Rangers player, member of staff, management? Uh, It's unforgivable. Any player at any club, it's unforgivable. We are in the midst of tragedy and Rangers have a duty of care to the players, to everyone who works uh, at their training academy in Mulgai and the management, everyone. And these players have behaved in a reckless fashion. Yeah, it's uh, undefensible. You cannot uh, behave in the manner where they've done, Gordon. Uh, what's going through their head? I have no idea. They have put everything at risk. Rangers are in really good form as a club they are diligent in their protocols you know they haven't had a case to, to of, of note they have been informed by the club on a regular basis when things are changing so these guys have actually been told you look back to a couple of weeks ago when England players were all over the headlines you go back to Ball and Goal you go back to the Aberdeen 8 and these guys think it's acceptable and, and the thing about uh, what Hugh was talking about about getting into Murray Park if the team had been there today, you are running the risk of games being put off and things, and they have not thought this through at all. And whatever comes their way is totally justified. 01419511025 in the phones at Clyde SSB on Twitter. I will make it my mission that we get round to talking about actual football on the field at some point tonight. But I think it's the obvious place to start. It's a big story in Scottish football today. So let's get the views of James in Maryhill. Hi, James. Hi, good evening, guys. How are you doing? I'd just like to talk about Edmondson and Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally unacceptable. I'm an Rangers fan myself. Totally unacceptable. Gross misconduct. Both of them should be sacked. And 10 out of 10 for Rangers board coming out with a statement today. What do you think about that? I must admit, Hugh, we had similar kind of words being thrown around when it was ball and goal. I'm a bit reluctant to, to go that far because none of us are employment lawyers. And whether lawyers have to get involved at some stage down the line or not, fine. And, and let that take its... Take its course So whether it is Gross misconduct or not I'm not sure we've got The expertise Right now Without knowing What their contract says uh, To predict that I think where everyone Is is agreed That they're in They're in hot water Well yeah It's a decision For the club to take Uh, Like you I'm not sure That they would Cancel contracts uh, But I think As Celtic did With Ball and Golly They might And this is One man's interpretation They might think it best If the two of them Go and play elsewhere Now I mean, what a career Jordan Jones has had at Rangers. First of all, he gets himself sent off nonsensically against Celtic. Uh, we all remember the television footage of Steven Gerrard and the look in his face when that happened. Um, you know, he, he's done nothing to enhance his own reputation. George Edmondson had a chance at Rangers. I just wonder if he has seriously affected that chance now because... Celtic obviously realised that Bolingoli was of no further use to them and the supporters would not tolerate him being there any longer. And I just wonder if James is representative mm. of the Rangers support who say, we don't need these two. I mean, Alex, there are various layers to this and I'm sure yeah. we'll, we'll peel them back as the show progresses. But for, for anyone, I mean, you can't go to the house party. Hugh, no one would invite him anyway, but he mm. couldn't go to one either. I said, so no, no one can yeah. do it. So it's it, it doesn't really matter who you are but, but as you mentioned Jordan Jones in particular has had to work presumably extremely hard to, to get back on side with Steven Gerrard it looked like his Rangers career was over he claws his way back and he's played a couple of games this season 
you think that would add a couple of percent to the decision making process? Of course. Uh, listen, I, I, he's done himself in by by this these actions, uh, Gordon and James. Is there's a sense of frustration with the Rangers fans because of. The, the risk that they have put Rangers in, you know, they've could jeopardise things if they had actually managed to get into that training ground. And I understand that frustration. Again, I don't know what the legal ramifications are. You know, the Bollingolli never get sacked. The Aberdeen boys never get sacked. So that might be a bridge too far. But I would suggest that Jones has finished at Rangers. I think it would be very difficult to now uh, go again. You know, he's already been given a lifeline by Stephen Gerrard on the back of the old firm sending off. Uh, I know they like Edmondson. I think he's got potential. But he has to have a serious think about what he's doing here, Gordon, because, again, they're going to sit in the house. That, and we, we talk about mental health and we spoke about, you know, there came a point when Bollingolli and, and the Aberdeen 8 were just constantly getting battered and they're sitting in the house as young men. Fraser Wisher talks about it on the yeah. show on a regular basis. Oh, there's, there's always a balance to be found. Absolutely. At, at the moment, what we're going to get now is a scattergun because it's just happened. And rightly so, they deserve to be battered for pillow to post because this action... As, as, as I think James's words was Undefensible mm. And that is absolutely right I mean James The only thing is When, when people come on and say Sack them You know it was very similar To Ball and Golly is, I wonder if that's easy for you to say James Because Jordan Jones and George Edmondson Don't play much of a part In Rangers first team Could, could you confidently say That if you called up tonight And it was Morelos and Tavernier Or Barisic and Aribo Would you be saying sack them That's the obvious question They broke the law That's that simple Yeah they broke the law, simple, so that's that. The need is above the law. That's just the bottom line, yeah. I mean, I suppose the thing is, Hugh, that's where the, the police do get involved. I mean, the, the police have have dealt with this. They uh-huh. were, what was the, the technical term? Is it a COVID notice or something they were given uh, along with the other people who were at the the gathering, the party, call it what you will? So they have been dealt with in, in that respect. What the future holds for them at Rangers? Well, there's, there's an investigation going on. Of course, and. Uh... I would say that I am utterly cynical If it had been Ryan Kent And Alfredo Morelos uh, James wouldn't have been on calling for the sack But but it wasn't to be fair That was potentially Slightly relevant of me to bring that up I I just remember the conversation the last time We can ground all day on on What if But it wasn't It's these two I think we have to bring it back to Non-football related matters here This is a global tragedy And I underline the word tragedy over a million lives lost. This is the the worst tragedy to affect any of us in our lifetime, starting with old codgers like me down to the youngest. This is a national and a global tragedy. And to think that you are above that and we'll just have a house party, uh, to say that it casts you in a bad light is an understatement. In my estimation, it makes you a dimwit. Thank you very much to James and Mary Hill for kicking us off tonight. So one four one nine five one one zero two five. Jimmy's in Yoker. How's it going, Jimmy? How you doing, guys? Good, Jimmy. What's your own take on it, Jimmy? Uh, I'm another side of the coin. I'm a Rangers fan, and the guy James for me, he's not a Rangers fan. Why sack them? Why? Yes, they they they, they didn't break the law, did they? They did something silly under the COVID uh, restrictions. And um, they, they didn't mix with the team. Hugh should get his facts right. He should know that all teams are playing on Sunday. Don't train on a Monday. It's all closed. They didn't mix with any other players. And it's happened. Find them a maximum wages. For a fellow Rangers fan to come on and say they broke the law and sack them. 
He's either he's a telly watcher or whatever it is, but he doesn't know the score about Rangers. That's disgusting for a Rangers fan. To say I, that. I don't really understand the significance of being a Rangers fan or not, though, Jimmy. I don't. I don't. Why is it seen? To, if your honest view on this is that they've crossed the line that should see them sacked, I'm not sure that makes you any less of a Rangers. Is it not one of those stories that it doesn't really matter what what team you support? No, no, no. But of course, it, look. There's, there's, there's going to be a lot of rubbish with Celtic fans and other fans because of the ball and goalie and the pitch of the eight. And there's rules now being put in place. And these all these sanctimonious people are all going to be shouting and balling. Oh, they need to be deducted this and they need to be punished that. Look, they broke cr- protocol for the COVID. They didn't put MD up against the wall and shoot them. So for a Rangers fan to come on, I'm even going to call him a fellow Rangers fan anymore. For a Rangers fan to come on and say sack them is absolutely disgraceful. Well, I think, I think if you want to apply, if you want to apply the words disgraceful and disgusting as you have done, Jimmy, then those words apply to the actions of George Edmondson and Jordan Jones. Yeah. Uh, so your fellow Ranger supporter is a fellow Ranger supporter. He happens to have an opinion that is contrary to yours. That doesn't mean he's not a Ranger supporter. He just has an opinion that is different from yours. Well, again, Alex, it can be a difficult balance to find, but we we, we did see it with Paul and Golly yeah. and the Aberdeen 8. There, there is a way of criticising these guys and there will be a, a, a fitting punishment. There, there, there is no need for... For a firing squad But again That doesn't even remotely Excuse what they did Under the circumstances yeah. Everybody knows That there are a few layers to it Like I said Everybody knows No, no one can do this stuff But the thing that, that Sort of baffles me How many times do you think The Rangers players Have been reminded of this Every time something happens So when the, when the Aberdeen 8 yeah. Then it's ball and golly And then when We get the, the yellow card From the Scottish government And then restrictions tighten And, and we're in Different tiers as of today Surely the message has been hammered home Time and time again Particularly to these guys Because they're in the public eye Did you do the right thing? Without doubt And uh, I said to the first caller I thought Sackling was a, a bridge too far I don't think that'll happen I think they'll be severely punished And rightly so And uh, just to, to give the See, every day that Rangers go in They fill in forms They do all the COVID yeah, They do the they, they, they temperature tests they, yeah. So they follow all the protocols They know the dangers mm. And once something changes, Gordon You know, there's a new rule That's actually been implemented They are told that as well So you have all these examples That you just highlighted They have been told that Plus they're seeing it On a regular basis in the media And still They think it's appropriate to go out And listen, they're going to get battered For Pillar Post Jimmy, do you think we'll see Either of them play for Rangers again? I hope so. I've always fancied Jordan, Jordan Jones as a good Rangers player and, and seems to big Edmondson. And I just think it's an overreaction. And I can understand what you saying. And yes, I, I, what they should have done, they, they should never have done. Right? But they should be given it the maximum fine possible. And then it's up to the, the gaffer whether he wants to play them or not. But to, people would turn around and say sack them. I'd expect a Celtic fan to come on that. But for a Rangers fan to come on and say sack them, for me, is nonsensical. Well, and I'm just hoping that Jordan Jones and jo- uh, Jordan Edmondson are part of the Rangers for the, in the near future, mate. For what it's worth, I, I don't think that the Rangers will sack them. Uh, but as has been pointed out, legally they may be unable to do that anyway, even if they wanted to. But Rangers will have to decide whether they want either player mm-hmm. or both players at the club anymore That's entirely up To Douglas Park I know I know this rivalry Is intense Hugh But, but this yeah. notion that, that Celtic players Would shout sack them and, uh, Celtic fans will be yeah. shouting Sack them And Rangers fans won't I, I think That, that bit's having, lost me Having trolled Social media today Heaven help me <laughs> uh, And <laughs> and, and witness What's out there With regard to this matter 
there is absolutely no sensitivity at all with regard to a global tragedy and uh, loss of life on a truly horrific scale. This, for some people, is a ten in a row matter. John's a Celtic fan on the line. He's got some interesting thoughts on it, and we'll hear them next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here It's 0141-951-1025 to get in touch with them And if you'd rather tweet You'll find us there at Clyde SSB uh, We have kicked off with today's breaking news About Jordan Jones and George Edmondson Suspended by Rangers for breaching coronavirus regulations I'm hoping in the near future We'll get round to talking about football on the pitch But on Twitter tonight Brian Who's a Falkirk fan But just an interested observer Says we've all made mistakes Let's not be too sanctimonious here uh, Barry says Rangers have done the right thing The precedent was set with Mark Connolly When he was caught breaking rules Ah yes is the Dundee United yes. player wasn't it He was in a taxi without the mask or something um, Jones was in last chance saloon He's blown it Edmondson has to fight his way back in But I suspect both players Will be moved on Let's speak to John Who's a Celtic fan in Clyde Bank Hi John Hi guys good evening Hi John what's your take on it Hi hey. I've got, I've got two points. Um, I'll give you my first point. Um, is take away the two Rangers boys' jobs as, foot, as footballers, right? Mm-hmm. There was there was loads of other people at that party. Yeah. Right. So that's affected every everybody that was in that party. Affected all their businesses and all they work with, right? Mm-hmm. And the, but the two Rangers boys, I get singled out. They should be punished for being stupid. That's it. They were just stupid boys. And it happened, see, see Halloween? Halloween's one of the biggest, biggest nights of the, of the, of the social calendar. It's up there with New Year, Christmas Eve, Christmas night. And there, were, and there was loads of stuff happening all over the weekend. They get caught. Should they be sacked? Mm. No. They should be fine for being stupid, right? There should be a public apology to the Rangers fans who have had to sit in the house and pay their wages. That's forgot about. That's forgotten about. Their boys have paid all their season ticket money and are no getting to see the football. And that's where it's that's where they've been let down. They've let down a lot of people, plus their families and themselves. But keep it keep it the ball on the deck with us. Don't hyper into like that. Let Rangers deal with it. May may points deducted, may silliness. Deal with the boys and let's get on with our game because we're having a good season. There's absolutely no question of points being deducted. You're getting yourself into a state now. There's no Potential well, John's saying that though To be fair He's, he's knocking that in the head yeah, as well. There's no there, There's no potential here For points deduction Or anything like it uh, And I do understand That there were other people there The problem being Whether They go into training Today And my understanding Courtesy of Alec Is that there was no training today uh, Or I think tomorrow your, I think your point Still stood though For what yeah. it's worth I don't know why people Are tomorrow, jumping on your Yeah If they go in tomorrow if they got caught I assume they would have Turned up at training yeah. Had they not been caught I yeah. think that's so fair Rangers good fortune Was that they were Intercepted uh, The players were intercepted And Rangers This matter was brought To their attention And Rangers Commendably Took swift And decisive action mm. uh, And now they will uh, Undertake an investigation An internal investigation but I think we have to, again, John, be sensitive here. This is not uh, a matter that affects the Scottish Premiership. This is a matter that affects the health of people. The health of people who come into contact with George Edmondson and Jordan Jones 
As well as the others who attended this house yeah, party We just don't know who they are And they're not high profile no. And therefore it's obvious that they're not brought no, into the discussion I admire John's sort of level-headedness approach. about it all But there's some facts we just can't get round The fundamental problem here is that we're dealing with A very, very serious medical problem Good. Nothing to do with ten in a row Oh, that was short and sweet You caught me <laughs> off guard there Yeah, I mean, uh, Alex There are various ways of looking at it um, You know, John's kind of notion that Well, you know, loads of other people are breaking the rules And other people would have broken them at the weekend Fine, true Yeah Doesn't make it right I think the difference, um, Gordon, is that, that Footballers are actually treated slightly different In terms well, that, of being uh, in that bubble And being able to go about that, that their working life And I think that is where the difference is They have been probably informed more than most people, you know, because the doctors are continuously monitoring this. They're trying to ram home the importance of trying to stay within that bubble. And as I said earlier on, it's in, indefensible to actually... Uh, so they will get what's coming their way. They will probably get a, a club fine. And I would imagine some sort of fine from the, the governing body as well. But, you know, whether they're going to have a long-term future, I think Jones will probably struggle. Uh, whereas Edmondson may well have a second bite of the cherry. All right, thanks to John. There's so many calls on this. So I want to try and give as many people a say as possible, but also talk about football at yes. some stage. So let's move quickly on. Apologies, John, if that was a bit short and sweet. But let's deal with William uh, in Port Glasgow, who's another... Rangers fan What's your own take on it William? Uh, yeah hi guys um, it, Very very disappointed Obviously you know I'd, I'd rather phone up tonight And talk about the great work That um, Gerard and the team's doing on the pitch But obviously It's difficult not to talk about Edinson Jones um, I think Jones is definitely finished um, he's, Gerard's already spoken in the past About his attitude Even when you know when he lunged in on Boyer In the old firm game last season He said it would be very difficult For him to get back into the team even after he scored against Motherwell, he said, that's the Jordan Jones I want to see more of. So a little hint that his attitude and commitment's not been there anyway. And now this, um, I think he's finished. Edmondson, I think it'll be a bit difficult for him to get back in. He might have another chance, but I think it'll be difficult for him. Um, I think the pair of them, in my opinion, shouldn't play for the club again um, because they could potentially have put all the good work we've done this season so far at risk. Um, like Hugh's point earlier on, Thank goodness there actually wasn't any training today Because you would assume They would have just been into training as normal And they hope they didn't get caught mm. And that would have resulted in Potential the game on Thursday night against Benfica Being called off Which down to UEFA rules Would have had to forfeit that game And then we wouldn't have been able to fulfil the game Against Hamilton on Sunday And you never know when new SPFL rules come in could potentially be forfeiting points If that was the case as well So they could potentially have derailed what has been a brilliant season so far for us and I just think because of that neither should play for the club again You know we in Scotland love our characters within football we love our bevy merchants our womanizers, our gamblers they've all been there in the history of Scottish football and at the very highest level of Scottish football and some have come to their senses and others have not and we, we can go through the decades However, William, this is about something that's tragic and something that's very serious and there are moral, ethical and medical questions here. And I think you're taking it responsibly. You're saying that the, you know it wouldn't bother you if neither had a future at the club anymore. We'll leave that entirely up to Douglas Park, the Rangers board, Ross well, Wilson. What, like, what is your own take on it though? Is there a way back for... for, for 
people I don't like think this because there's a difference be- between sacking. I know you're not calling for sackings no. and you think that's extreme. Um, Ball and Golly is the obvious comparison that we've got, and Celtic didn't sack him. He's out on loan. No, but I don't think you'd expect him to play again, would no, you? No, no, no. He'll never be seen in a Celtic jersey again. I think Jones has embarrassed Rangers uh, before this, and uh, uh, I think Rangers, again, one man's estimation would move him on somewhere. And I think George Edmondson, you can't do one thing to Jordan Jones and another to George Edmondson because they were both guilty of the same thing. Yeah, I just wonder where the, the health argument and the, and the PR argument collide, Alex, because there's so much to take into account. The, the previous call, was it, was it John, was mentioning, you know, they've not done anything worse than loads of other people are doing yeah. and, and people are breaking rules all over the place. I mean, for what it's worth, an- anecdotally, I can actually see people I know on my own social media we're getting all sanctimonious about Jordan Jones and, and George Edmondson, but have uploaded pictures from gatherings that they shouldn't have had in recent weeks. But anyway, that that's that's neither here nor there. The the other side of it is that idea about you know the, the club's image and so on. Because Ranger, yeah. how, how many Rangers fans are there in the country? I don't know. Tens and tens and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands perhaps. Within that support will be frontline NHS workers who are going there every day. Absolutely. Putting their lives in the line, struggling people who've who've lost jobs perhaps because of it, people who've had to isolate, people who are vulnerable. So it's 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 what it what it does to them, how that reflects to, to, to those Rangers fans who are sitting back and going, What are you doing? Look at what I've sacrificed. Oh. And our and I, I know Fraser doesn't like it at the union and I tend to agree with him. I don't really get the point of bringing in what they earn or whatever. I'm not not sure if it, if it's relevant. Not relevant, it's, no. no. no um, I don't think so either. But nevertheless, you know, there are people who've had really hard times because of this. These guys Absolutely. haven't. Not not quite as hard. Yeah, there's people a lot worse off, Gordon. And uh, I actually think William made some really good points there because I think that's the reason why people are being so forthright in their, their judgments. We've had people calling out for them to be sacked. Some people say they've no future at the club. And that was because of the potential to undo what's actually been mm. done on the partner. And I think William said there, potentially they might have forfeited the game on Thursday night if they had come together now there was no training today there was a day off you but over the next day or two if they were integrated into that squad yeah. and then it came to light potentially that whole squad may well had to have uh, isolated Gordon so so you're looking at a major major situation here and they've actually escaped it because the club have managed to deal yeah. with it in a quick manner we're, we're being described as sanctimonious nothing to do with sanctimony it's to do with the health of those who are employed by Rangers and that these two players could have potentially endangered the health of everyone inside the training academy. Yeah, thanks to William in Port Glasgow. Let's take one more on this, then we'll do football. I promise. Tracy is a Rangers fan from Paisley. Tracy, how are you feeling about it all? Uh, I was actually in mixed, uh, mixed modes this morning. I actually thought it sacked them. Then I said no. But then I looked at it and I thought, you know, at the end of the day, my season ticket holder, I've paid my money. Never took a refund last year for the, when the season finished early. I paid my money this season. Don't think we're going to get back into Ibrox at all. Um, what the problem is, is they've been out and they went to a house party. I know a lot of people are breaking the, the rules. I was, I, I was shielding from March to July. I went and seen, I did break the rule and I went and seen my, my elderly parents, but I hadn't been out right at the end of the day. But they, they're professional athletes at the end of the day. They know the situation. Jordan Jones has had many an opportunity to, um, mm. like he's had bad behaviour, he's done a tackle at the old fun game, which he shouldn't have. Um, I think Stephen Gerrard was annoyed with that. He's had a bit of behaviour problem at the, uh, the training grounds and then eventually gets first team football again and gets back in the park and then he does this. Mm. 
It's not at the end of the day, we're paying money to see these guys. We fifty five means so much to us, right? And what actually has happened is he's went out and put the whole team at risk, him and George. I think maybe George Edmondson should maybe have a second chance. I don't think Jordan Jones should. Um at the end of the day, um he's had so many chances. There are so many young boys out there who would be give the opportunity to be in his shoes. Yeah, let's let's, let's hold off on Allegations of behavioural problems at the training ground. Just, in, in, yeah. and I'm not sure if we can back I, that up no, or no, not. No, no, Let, no. Let's, let's, as a matter of principle, though, let's Tracy, keep ourselves to to the incidents in hand. But, I, uh, but Tracy makes a lot of points that will resonate with Rangers fans today, yeah. Hugh. I know it. This it's an ongoing debate. Whenever footballers step out of line, forget that the, the pandemic. It's this idea of role models and, and and what that means. Does that mean they should be held to higher regard or not? Um, no, I've never thought of football players as role models I've thought of them as human beings with human frailties um, And I, I don't believe that I, I would never have brought any of my children up to say Look at that footballer, that's what you should be doing with your life You know, there are human beings with human failings Where I would disagree with Tracy Whatever happens to Jordan Jones Has to happen to George Edmondson We're both guilty of the same thing it would be indefensible to say he's no use to us anyway, so get rid of him. But this one, on the other hand, could be of use to us, so don't mm. get rid of him. That would be <laughs> lacking in principle. But surely, my previous misdemeanors would come yeah, into because that. Because we, we don't know what the conversation was surrounding that that tackle and that layoff from Stephen. Because we're not talking contractually here. I don't think we're talking just about Stephen Gerrard as the Rangers manager. He might now decide. Well, that's it. Jordan Jones is is done with me. George Edmondson's got one last chance Is that not possible? Um, maybe if uh, At the end of the day It will be Stephen Gerrard's decision And Douglas Park's decision But I'm just On a matter of principle Reluctant to say Right He's not much use anyway Let him go And whoa Wait a minute He is So keep him Yeah Listen I just think Because of Jordan Jones I think Tracy It's nail on the head I think people have actually Will believe that he has Already overstepped the mark one th- thing that's been overlooked as well is that Stephen Gerrard's having to pick up this mess. He's going to have to answer to this and he's trying to prepare for a big game on Thursday night, Gordon. And when you look at all that and all the games that are coming thick and fast, he could most certainly have done without it. Right, we won't have heard the last of this, I promise you, because there will be an investigation. Rangers will, will say more about it. I'm sure the football governing bodies will say more about it. But just for now, let me thank you, thank Tracy for her call. Hope everything's well at your end, Tracy. And let's try our best to move on to the football because what a weekend it was. Rangers mm. went nine points clear in the Premiership and Celtic... What an outstanding cup run this really is 35 consecutive cup ties Incredible achievement Through to another cup final Chasing a quadruple treble So what did you make of what happened On the field this weekend? We'll hear from you next Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here Get your calls in or tweet us at Clyde SSB It was a big weekend of Scottish football None more so than A Scottish Cup semi-final Bit of a strange time Of the year to have it But we do indeed Live in strange times It was Celtic against Aberdeen At Hamden yesterday 2-0 to Celtic A victory Which sees them rack up A 35th consecutive Cup win It moves them into the final To take on Hearts On the 20th of December And of course If they win that Not only did they lift The Scottish Cup But a quadruple treble as well So quite the day for Neil Lennon He says it's a big achievement He thinks they were outstanding in the first half And believes they dealt with the pressure of the occasion perfectly 
That's fantastic, you know, to be in another cup final. Uh, the follow-on from a great performance in France on a really heavy pitch. thought we were very comfortable. I thought first half were outstanding. As expected, the players tired. You could see the starting to win a little bit and we had to change the shape and change the personnel. But we saw the game out comfortably and it's another cup final and... Um, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of expectation and pressure on them, but they didn't show any of it, and um, they handled the occasion very, very well. The ones coming in, Edward, Beton, you know, Rogic, you know, I thought they all contributed brilliantly to the the team. Two wide men were fantastic, you know, scored two great goals, and I thought we could, you know, maybe should have been one or two more up first half, and then you know, second half you could just see we started getting a little bit tired, a little bit fatigue kicking in. And all we, we had to see the game out, and we did that comfortably. Scott Ian was very solid, very assured. You know, it's nice to keep a clean sheet as well. Paul is a Celtic fan. On the line, how happy were you with that performance yesterday, Paul? Hey, how you going? Hi, Alec. How are you? Hi. Well, Gordon, I just thought, thank God he's arrived. Where have he been for the, the past few months? Uh, it seemed like the, the team that I've been used to watching over the years. Uh, the introduction of Ryan Christie uh, and Odson Edward, even though Edward's no firing all cylinders, it's just an introduction of Beaton at the back seemed to help Shane Duffy as well, a bit more calmness. With, it's not Christopher Iyer bombing forward all the time. It just seemed like a totally, totally different team where you can see certain guys in the team make other guys play better, like Young Frimpon. Christie provides a lot of cover for him and he, he feels I think he feels safer to go forward and stuff. But oh. tired of it in the second half, which I think is understandable. We've been playing a lot of games, but no, they looked they looked back to the, the Celtic that uh, that we all expect to see. Paul, do you think that's partly down to the shape? They look a lot more comfortable uh, in that four two three one. I think so, like, I think I think now there's been that many changes. Uh, and uh, to be fair, a lot of them are forced upon as well with COVID and that. But uh, I, I think the shape—I th- I think they actually looked right. This is what we're playing, and if they change it, they, they seem more comfortable. I mean, Shane Duffy's been taking belters right quite early, so he's, he's not been here that long. Uh, you know, he looked a lot more comfortable. Uh, and the fact that he, I thought the fact that he'd beat on next him seemed to. Help him. He's calmer, but he's no he's no worried about Peter Money bomb forward the way that I does. I think Scott Brown said today that uh, he felt it was the best performance Celtic had given in eighteen months. Uh, now Neil Lennon was speaking about what happened in Lille Thursday night. I think it was better than the performance against Lille for two words: clean sheet. Uh, Celtic scored terrific goals in France as they scored. Terrific goals at Hamden yesterday But The defensive fragility Took a day off Shane Duffy I thought Deserved Special commendation Because he has taken So much stick He did go into the game Under pressure With 10 goals Lost in 4 matches And he did the simple thing Kick it the way you're facing Head it out And just be What it said on the tin No nonsense defender How would you sum up the cup run the, the achievement that Celtic are on Because I think everyone accepts Celtic Celtic go into games as favourites yeah. All the time Because they've got the, the biggest squad The best squad And they win things And all the rest of it But Favourites don't always win cups I mean 
Underdogs win football matches Things happen They don't always go to plan You can get bad luck You can get injuries Absolutely. Refereeing decisions An off day Whatever it may be But to not have any of that Scupper you in 35 consecutive cup ties Is yeah. it's quite quite something Consistency wise I remember It's interesting you raised the point I remember sitting there Under Brendan Rogers' management At Celtic Park And they played St Mirren Scottish Cup At Celtic Park And they were a goal down At half time And they were playing Very poorly uh, but came back in the second half And I thought You know It could have been all over then Against St Mirren Jack Ross was the manager then uh, But you're right They've survived everything On December 20 It could be 36 cup wins in a row It could be a quadruple treble And it could be the first treble For Neil Lenn To complete on his own Now when I said he was following In the footsteps of Jock Steen, Martin O'Neill and Brendan Rodgers Those are some footsteps to follow in Yeah, you have to give him a massive credit Gordon To go 35 games And you actually touched on some of the, the factors You know, b- bad performances, bad weather Bad refereeing decisions But the actual level of consistency over that period of time And they'll go into the final mm. uh, as massive favourites as well Paul, in the bigger picture in terms of what happens next You know, immediately next Do you feel like that's a team that's now back Is, is now confident has, has shaken off the disappointments From Rangers and AC Milan And, and Pitodri Well I hope so I think the I think the, the Leo game Done them a lot of good You know uh, I just want them now to Shut up And just go to the next game And just win And just do what they did do To their talking in the park uh, They do look They do look better And to be fair Everybody gets caught up in a bit of hysteria and stuff, but they are getting players back who are first-team players. I know we've got a massive squad, but you see the difference when Ryan Christie plays. You see the difference when Edward plays. I say Danny won his best games, but the guy wreaks havoc. He makes people nervous, and he gives other guys confidence, like Elanusi. Elanusi is not going to pick the. He's not going to pick the game with the scruff of the neck. He, I think he needs guys round about him. To, and he, he yeah. feeds off the confidence. He's a great technical player. He's not into roughing it, you know, but he's, he's goals. He's goal return over the last few bats great. But yeah, he's been banging them in recently. Paul, I'm just going to try and leave it there so we can squeeze one more in before the news. But thanks for getting in touch tonight. That was Paul uh, giving us his thoughts on Celtic's win yesterday. Let's bring in John, who's a Rangers fan from Parkhead. It was league business, of course, for Rangers yesterday. John, happy with what Hi. you saw? Hi Gordon, Sue and uh, Alex. Hi, I'm just delighted, delighted to get the three points. Don't get me wrong, when the when Barossa took that free kick, I mean, I was looking through my, I kind of looked at it to be honest. With you, I mean, but my, my my point is, I've got a couple of points if, if possible. Uh, I want to speak about obviously uh, about Golson uh, and obviously McGregor, and even a wee bit on Tav. And I've also got a, a point for Alex Ray. Uh, just of his game, delighted, delighted with, with the result, delighted with the three points. It's been a kind of bogey ground. Over maybe the last couple of couple of seasons in there, uh, but I thought I thought yesterday again Golson Golson seems to be the number one at the back now. And I mean, he did get dropped. If if he's going to drop, he's going to drop Hellander for Balogun or Balogun for Hellander. But he seems to be the main man. And I looked at his distribution yesterday. Some of his passing was and, he, and this is not just the first time. Some of his passing was 30, 40, 50 yards passes. Brilliant. And and McGregor tells me about McGregor still a top class goalkeeper. He had nothing to do in the whole game yesterday. And all of a sudden we get that free kick. I think it's about six, seven minutes to go. The rain came from everywhere. All of a sudden it was raining. It was high. It was hailstones. And I'm saying to myself, please, I mean, don't go back to what's happened in the rugby part before. And I thought his concentration, 
It was, it was great. It was a great save. I mean, just delighted to take up the M77 with three points. I think you could take it week about, before you get to Alex and the point you have for him, I think you could take it week about who you praise, whether it's McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Hellander, uh, because if you played 18 matches in all competitions and you have 15 clean sheets, that's down to not just one man, that's down to the unit. Yeah, Gordon asked me yesterday, John, who was the standout player And I just thought that Golson was absolutely tremendous uh, Defensively, they have really become resolute at the back as a unit uh, And uh, you're absolutely right One of the key factors is that his big raking diagonal ball Because it opens up teams, particularly teams that defend deep like uh, look do So that gives you, it gets them stretched So that helps uh, Rangers cause yesterday But Again, McGregor's for me. It's a, a routine save. You know, Alan McGregor's a top keeper. The ball's down his throat, and he manages to punch it away and uh, a good distance on it. So, uh, I would have been disappointed if Alan had hadn't saved that. So, but but Hugh touches on it. The actual foundation and the basis for Rangers' fine form at the moment is the clean sheets. What was your other point, John? Aye, just before I make my other point, Alex. If I had to go in yesterday, Paul, I'd have been still in my bed. I wouldn't have went my work today. Never mind. I mean, uh, my second point is, Alex. Maybe this is for you. Maybe Hugh can come in. Ali, but I've noticed the last, I've noticed this for a while, but over the last three or four, four weeks, maybe more than that, this tackle on the Achilles, I've seen it. I've seen it last week at Ibrox, and you mentioned it yourself that the the Polish, the let Pozan push had been sent half. I think it was on Balagon. He'd been right doing the back. His Achilles, I mean, these tackles can put guys out for months. Uh, as, and as, I've, I've not, <clears throat> and I've actually noticed it doing South too. And I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of late, these. I know they've been about for years these tackles, but. They're naughty tackles, do they know? See, see, whenever I'm in the studio or I'm watching a game, John, and I actually see somebody com- coming from behind. There was one in Hibs uh, game on, I think it was Kent as well, when the players running away for you and you get someone raking down your uh, your Achilles, it's really naughty. And for me, I think referees should be aware of that and they should kind of stamp it out as best they can. OK, I think we'll have to leave it there. Thanks to John and Parkhead. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Still a lot more to come from Neil Lennon and Stephen Gerrard, but first let's play Beat the Pundit. It's your chance to get one over on the pundits and walk away with a signed ball. It's pretty simple. All you have to do is give us a call 01419511025. Answer as many questions right as you can, and if you get more than them, the bragging rights and the ball are yours. Give us a call quickly though, because the lines for Beat the Pundit close at seven. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We kicked off with today's big breaking news about George Edmondson and Jordan Jones, both suspended by Rangers for breaching coronavirus regulations. We have heard a little bit from Neil Lennon and Stephen Gerrard with regards to what happened on the field over the weekend. And we're going to hear from both managers again, so keep the calls coming in after we do this. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. I like Monday night's Beat the Pundit. I think there's an air of optimism that surrounds the place. It's a clean slate. We've not played since Friday. Anything is possible uh, across the weekend. I must say, I hope you've recovered. Uh, did you hear him on Friday night? 7 1. 7 1. Yep. Battering he got. Yep. You're going to be better tonight. You're building up a conference, no end. <laughs> Let's bring Good in team talk. Let's bring in tonight's contestant. Frank is in Kilmarnock. How's it going, Frank? Not too bad, Gordon. Um, 
hope you guys are well. First time on Beat the Pundit, but um, I'm sure you'll recognise my voice from phoning up plenty of things. Oh, it's good to have you. I wonder, though, are you on to try and take advantage of, of a wounded soldier in Hugh Keevans <laughs> after his 7-1 defeat on, on Friday night, or do you fear the, the backlash? Yeah. Sometimes it goes against you after the backlash. Um, mm. Hughes, I have to say, um, is usually pretty good. I was listening in the chappy faced him. Friday night was just phenomenal, yeah. He yeah, was he, was good. He, was, he was good. You've got big boots to fill, Frank. Uh, heads, it will be Hugh Keevans, tails, it'll be Alex Ray. Oh, he's back in the saddle oh. straight away. <laughs> Redemption, we'll find out. Hugh Keevans against Frank and Kilmarnock. So I'm going to give you some Clyde 2 to listen to, just so that he can't steal your answers because he's getting desperate, Frank. I think, he, I think he would consider it at this stage. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. You are going up against Hugh. All you need is just to answer as many questions right as you can And if you don't know it, pass quickly and we'll move on, okay? Okay Top man, your time starts now What was the score when Celtic played Hearts in the most recent Scottish Cup final? Um, 2-1 Celtic What is the name of Clyde's home ground? Um, Broadfoot What was the surname of Danish international Eric Bowe who played for Rangers in the 90s? Um, Swedish Which team is currently bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Hamilton Who scored Hibbs only goal In the loss to Hearts on Saturday It was Dodge What is the name of Partick Thistle's mascot um, Oh god it's um, Winsley Okay Let's bring Hugh Keevans back Hugh can you hear us There's that wee smirk in your face <laughs> again <laughs> oh, Listen I, I do smirk for Numerous reasons It doesn't necessarily mean Frank's Game, brilliant Gamesmanship Alec That's what I'm up against here uh, You ready Same set of questions oh, Yes Let's do it what was the score when Celtic played Harps in the most recent Scottish Cup final? 2-1 Celtic What is the name of Clyde's home ground? Uh, Broadwood What was the surname of Danish international Eric Bow who played for Rangers Anderson. in the 90s? Which team is currently bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Uh, St Mirren Who scored Hibbs only goal in the loss to Harps on Saturday? Uh, Dodge What is the name of Partick Thistle's mascot? Kingsley Mark Kerr is the manager of which Scottish Championship side? Ayr Okay, okay What's the verdict, Frank? He's done me by two I never Frank listened to him on the floor in And I got I Anderson totally messed up that big one Do you know what, Frank? I've never seen anyone hit the post so spectacularly on Beat the Pundit That's what the smirk was for Because we'll explain it as we go through Yeah, broad yeah, Exactly, know. you know what ones What was the score when Celtic played Hearts in the most recent Scottish Cup final 2-1 to Celtic uh, You both got that So it was a good start What is the name of Clyde's home ground? This is where Frank Hit the woodwork For the first oh. time He said broad foot ah. You said broad wood And now you know, I, I, I'm a generous man But I don't think My generosity stretches that far So 2-1 to Hugh This was the one You, you, you misheard Wasn't it? Yeah, um, Eric Bow Anderson Hugh gets it 3-1 Which team is bottom Of the Premiership? It's Hamilton Frank pulls one back It's 3-2 uh, you both knew Dodge as well So it's 4-3 And again For the second time He's hit the post It's not Wingsley It's Kingsley <laughs> So Hugh Keevans uh, Stretches his lead And unfortunately Frank Your race was run at that point He got Air United as well So a 6 for Hugh And a 3 I, I feel like adding your two Woodwork attempts together And giving you a 4 But it still wouldn't have been enough so he's, he's beat you hard lines No well done you well Thank done. you Frank um, We'll hear from you soon I'm sure
Yes, I'm sure you will, lads. Take care. Good man. That was Frank in Kilmarnock. A, a, a degree of sympathy. Wing, without doubt, yeah. Wingsley and Broadfoot. They're going to haunt Frank. He's never get. He's he's never going to get over those two. He was a, a, a test of character for me there, Alec. You yeah, know, I, showed I, resolve. I've, I've passed the test of character. I'm back. <laughs> I see his face. It's funny because see, for a guy who told us straight after it on Friday that he didn't care, oh, he it certainly care. looks he like he cares. Care. If you do, ask me, do you know what? I, I I wrote down what I was going to say if I lost tonight. <laughs> but what does it say? A retirement speech. <laughs> you can confirm this. I was going to say I am the Albion Rovers of beat the pundit. I am in the bottom league and I don't have a point this season yet. There we go. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones at Clyde SSB. On Twitter The big news today is about Jordan Jones and George Edmondson So if you've got more thoughts on them Feel free to get them in We're trying uh, latterly to get round what happened on the pitch as well So if you've thoughts on that Get them in Phone and Twitter uh, The best two ways of contacting us Let's hear again from some of the managers involved this weekend Neil Lennon thinks they're getting closer to the type of performances He wants to see regularly Says they're improving all the time And will benefit them more uh, They get players back fit yeah, we're still not where I want us to be, but we're getting there, you know, and um, you know the games take it out of them, so we have to rest and recover. We've got an important game Thursday night, and if we know if we win that, we're back in the in the chance for the group. So, you know, it's, uh, again, very exciting, but I think for now the players need some rest and, and recovery. You know, we're missing, you know, a couple of wide men just to take the, the brunt of it off Moy and, and Ryan. You know, the shape has, has worked for us. Um, but we can always be flexible and go to three, and we've got good strikers. So we just need a few of them. You know, Watson's not fully fit. You know, Beaton's probably not fully fit, but he will get the benefit. Hot Time's not fully fit. Uh, but the boys who are playing, you know, they're playing very well. They're improving all the time. So we're not a million miles away from where we want us to be. Let's bring in Matt and Partick. You going along with that, Matt? Not a not a million miles away or Celtic getting there? Yeah, I would say I am. I kind of want to express, uh, well, simultaneously express some sympathy and some praise for uh, Neil Lennon. I feel as though it kind of gets underestimated how important key players are, regardless of the team, be it a Rangers or a Celtic or even uh, a St Mirren. Um, the following players, El Hamid, Edward, Beaton and Rogic, who will come on to again in a minute, uh, have a part of all that was good at what had been recently developing with regards to uh, Celtic's footballing and the footballing style. With them out, it can't be underestimated what an impact that can have on a team. And given that Lennon has grappled with that and wrestled his way to being whatever he was uh, recently two points shy of where we were last year, the fact that he even got to that stage with those key components missing, I think, is worthy of praise. And on Rogic, I just want to say, uh, when I learned that he might be leaving, I was devastated. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, Rogic is arguably the best, cleverest, most creative player in the whole league. And it's just possible, given that Christie played alongside him the other day, uh, I'll, I'll digress slightly, there was once a point where it was argued that Rogic, his place was gone due to Christie's form. Mm. Given the way they linked up together with Christie and the right and Rogic uh, back in the team in that uh, pivotal central role behind the front two or the front one have Celtic possibly stumbled upon a combination where they can be fitted into the same team and prove to be very productive going forward certainly in the absence of, of James Forrest yeah. it, it looks like it Hugh and sadly for James Forrest his absence looks likely to be quite lengthy um, you know 
I'm not um, diminishing the point that uh, that Matt makes, but injury is part and parcel of football. The the COVID related matters are of course a phenomenon. We've never known that before. However, to be without players is something that managers have to cope with. As I say, I'm not diminishing what Celtic have done, but examine the remainder of the season. I said at the start of the season it would require big hearts and strong minds among the Celtic and Rangers players because of the season it was. To that, I think you can now add it will take durability and endurance because it's now a test of strength. It's now Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, international football, come back, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. Absolutely. That's what Celtic uh, are going to have, <clears throat> Celtic and Rangers are going to have to contend with now. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just say, I mean, injuries across the board are always going to be something, of course, that uh, teams and managers in particular are going to have to deal with. I was really trying to, uh, the, the point of salience I was trying to get at was, the specific players all at the one time, uh, in, uh, but which gave Lennon and Celtic the problem, mm-hmm. I think, were were so particularly key. Rather than like a centre-back here and a striker there, I think uh, the four players I mentioned uh, all to get injured at the same time was particularly uh, crucial. Uh, before I go, um, I just want to say the last time I was on here, I sort of half-jokingly asked for a job because I lost mine during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of it was kind of presumed I felt by the pundits that I was looking to replace you. Uh, just to tell you, I'd rather work alongside you. Oh, he wants to team up you. like a front two. Oh, oh, right. I can see just that. off a striker. Yes, uh, yeah, I can. I can see that. Yeah, learn the rope if there's someone to learn the ropes from. Oh, who's a man? Yes. Yeah. Mm. I invented. Open? I invented the rope. Could we? Could we start? Uh, I mean, it is difficult times, and again, I don't mean to make light of of that situation. I hope Matt everything works out for him. Uh, we could start a, a Hugh Evans. Apprenticeship, maybe. <laughs> I can imagine Matt could be the first, the first uh, recruit. Where did, where did Matt come from? Partick, just like yourself. There you are. I, can born, see it I was born and brought up there. See, so. the, see the first lesson uh, for Matt it would most certainly to be uh, getting Could, a lift yeah, here, yeah. there, and everywhere. Collar yeah, and tie, yeah. and ask everyone and anyone for a lift. Not at the moment though, because you're not allowed. Um, but Matt actually makes points that Alex, I think you yeah. want to pick up on from a footballing perspective. Let's even pick a couple of them: Edward and Christie. Yesterday, you can Celtic do look very different when they're available. Yeah, without doubt, uh, Edward wasn't really up to speed. Gordon, mm-hmm. he's still trying to get that kind of match sharpness. But I, I do like Christie. I think we and the thing is about him is he's versatile. He's coming off the right hand side, and if Forrest was playing and available, I don't think Rogic would actually play because I think Christie would be in there. Elinus would come off the the left hand side, uh, and they have that option to go with two strikers that. And the one thing in Celtic's favour, Gordon, is they have a raft of players who they can call upon. Now, even though um, Edward's not there, then they also have like Kamala, Ayeti, mm. uh, Griffiths. So they've got so much talent uh, in their squad and their ranks. And it's, you know, they're probably the kind of one of the, uh, them and Rangers have that luxury. See, the thing about Edward as well, I think, I think Mr. Gordon Dale made the point yesterday that he didn't even necessarily have to beat his best yesterday and he didn't have to be Absolutely. But, but he's just there and he just facilitates other things he maybe strikes a little bit of fear into opposition players as well Gordon what he brings the other three don't have he has that presence he has that kind of physical you know ability to bring people in take people away and create space for other people as well and I actually in some ways I see that with Morelos and, you know because for me he's still the number one even though he's not up to speed and not playing his best stuff 
I still think they guys are pivotal to what Rangers mm. and Celtic are trying to do. Matt, thank you very much. Hopefully you are well. Let's bring in Jamie and Tillicutry. Hi, Jamie. How you doing, panel? How you doing, Hugh? How you doing, Alex? James. No problem. Uh, just before I go to the point, uh, I'm just going to go back to what you're talking about at the start. Of the show. I totally, totally agree with what Hugh said uh, regarding the, the COVID stuff. Uh, it doesn't matter what uh, what would happen after it. It's what happened at the start, uh, what people done. I'm totally behind you. And like I said, I read the social media today, and some of it was absolutely bananas. And I go back to something Hugh uh, mentioned a couple of years ago. Remember the campaign for decency, Hugh? And some of the comments were absolutely awful. So I'm right behind you on that. But I want to talk about the Celtic uh, game yesterday. Well, more than uh, important with the fact that uh, Scott Bain has been playing. And I wonder, uh, my opinion is, I wonder if Celtic have squished five million up the wall with buying Barkas because he just doesn't seem to me, uh, he doesn't fill me with confidence. Uh, he also doesn't seem to me to kind of have the stature of a goalkeeper. And that kind of links into my kind of second point I was going to talk about. I was reading over the weekend on a couple of the news feeds that uh, possibly Fraser Forster might be falling out of favour. And I'm just wondering if the panel's heard any of this and do you think maybe Neil Lennon's keeping an eye on that and do you think there could possibly be a return well, in the January transfer window for the big wall? First of all, we're in the court of public opinion here and we can only go with the evidence that's been assembled so far, Jamie. The number three goalkeeper from last season is now the number one goalkeeper. The number one goalkeeper who was playing at the start of the season, who came in from Greece for £5 million, is now on the bench because the manager doesn't trust him. And last season's number two goalkeeper, the Fraser Forster, is now at Hearts and looking like the best goalkeeper mm. in the country. So the goalkeeping situation has become one to look at. I think Scott Bain is there until Scott Bain makes a mistake. And when he does make that mistake, or if he makes that mistake, Barkas will come back in. And Barkas had better be a better man for the experience of being left out or Celtic have a problem on their hands. I just wonder if you've dived in a little bit with the, the dramatisation of Neil Lennon doesn't trust Barkas. I mean, the first game he was left out, he was injured. Scott Bain comes in and, and does yes, pretty no. well and, and he just kind of stays in. Are you perhaps getting a bit ahead of yourself in terms of he doesn't trust Barkas, you know, he's done with Barkas. Is it not all a bit every much? Every issue, whether it's George Edmondson and Jordan Jones or Barkas, is a matter of personal interpretation. I think if Neil Lennon trusted Barkas He would have started mm. Against Aberdeen uh, Alex with regards Jamie's second point About Fraser Forster I don't I don't think it's necessarily Up to us to have Heard anything yeah. or, it, It's pretty obvious I mean he's He's twiddling his thumbs he, He's not playing For Southampton Not even close um, Had there been a real Desire for Fraser Forster To become a Celtic player I'm sure it would have Happened in the yeah. summer um, I, I, I think it probably Is be it early for And I couldn't I'm stand here say. and say that Barkas is going to be good I've got no idea But it seems extremely yeah. early to, to completely write it off Yeah, Gordon, we uh, in Scotland we write people off very quickly You know, Clearly he has not set the heather on fire So he I mean, is what if, uh, he's, what, what if he's the goalkeeping Ryan Christie Or he's the goalkeeping Absolutely. Borna Barisic you know, uh, be, no, These things happen uh, Without doubt, and that's the point I'm trying to make We jump to conclusions and write people off very quickly Now he has not Inspired, uh, hence the reason why Bain, as Hugh says, was number three uh, last year, is now uh, in the sticks. Now, when he gets that opportunity, he will have to do so much better. Otherwise, what Hugh is saying in terms of no trust and all that, that will mm -hmm. very much become a factor. In terms of uh, Foster coming back up the road, that was Celtic's number one target. Neil Lennon held off as long as he possibly could. 
And I'm led to believe I just This is the, the kind of information That's going about Is they felt as if The deal was done And then actually Fraser Foster was the one That said no I'm going to stay and fight For my place Hence the reason why They had to go for Barkas Final word to you Jamie Well I was going to come back in there Like I mean I, I'm, I'm not totally writing Barkas off He obviously comes with a pedigree uh, That's why we got him But uh, in terms of Fraser Forster, uh, what Alex was just saying there, I know fine well it was Fraser Forster was the the one that wanted to pursue maybe, you know, the the bigger prize uh, down there and it's not worked out. But I still think uh, this is one of the, maybe one of the few instances where a player is going to possibly, possibly get a second bite of the cherry. That's all I always want to put across because he's done it for us. He's proven it with us and we're comfortable with him. And I think, Probably most Celtic fans out there, if we got the chance to get Forster back in any sort of capacity, would bite your hands off for it. And that's Hugh, what I to say. There's a classic Hugh Keevens sceptical look on, on his face. Barkas costs £5 million and presumably a lot of money in wages. Fraser Forster would cost you an awful lot of money in wages. And for that reason and that reason alone, it won't happen. Jamie, thank you very much. That was Jamie and Tillacutrio, 1419511025. Stephen Gerrard has been talking about Cedric Eaton. Declan is in Maryhill and he wants to talk about Cedric Eaton. So it makes sense that we do that next. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here. We're about to get back to the phones and also hear from Stephen Gerrard. But let's set up tonight's teaser. It's. I'll be honest It's a bit tougher Than I would usually give one no. uh, They would usually give you two But we'll see how you get on Mikey says Can you name eight players Who scored the winning goal In a Scottish Cup final During the 90s So it's topical We're on Scottish Cup McCoy's. Final watch So eight players who scored Just to clear that up The winning goal In a Scottish Cup final So see if the final finished 5-0 Yeah That that, that, that doesn't count We're looking for guys It was either 1-0 or it was 2-1 and they got the, the second goal Things like that Pierre Van Hoydonk Yes Against? Airdrie Yes, 95, a 1-0 win What did you say? McCoy's Yes, uh, 92 Scottish Cup final 2-1 win against? Uh, Celtic Airdrie as well Yeah hmm. He said Celtic You said Airdrie as well <laughs> What what kind of answer is that? Because Pierre Van Hoydonk was against Airdrie, Airdrie. But he said Celtic Yeah, but I just said Airdrie as well Because it was the same as the previous answer All oh, right. Keep up <laughs> One victory Beat the pundit And he loses the place Altogether I, I'm, I'm nearly back Right um, Any more? John Robertson? No um, um, Joe Joe Miller Nope Oh that was 89 I've hit the uh, bar Jury? Mm, no Hately uh, Hold on hold on Let me check my full list Hately is there Yes Okay we'll leave it there uh, Mikey uh, is asking Eight players who scored The winning goal The winning goal In a Scottish Cup final During the 90s McCoyst Hately Van Hoydonk You can play along At Clyde SSB And you can also send Your question in To get used on the show Full time At Clyde1.com So just to clear up What we mean by winning Either the You know The, the, the absolute clincher So a 1-0 win um, mm-hmm. it, it could also be I know some people Have a slightly different Definition of of winning goal But say you scored To put your team 2-0 up mm. And then the other team Scored to make it 2-1 We'd still count The second goal As, as the, winning the winning goal, goal The, the yes. decisive goal So there we go You've got three down And just five more to get Let's hear from uh, Stephen Gerrard Because the next call Is going to follow on From that point uh, He was delighted With the performance Of Cedric Eaton Called him outstanding Man of the match And is predicting him To just keep getting better Superb man of the match Hands down This is one of the hardest places To come as a team And for an individual 
uh, especially in the forward areas. They've got good defenders, defenders who are physical, who, who really make it uncomfortable for you. His hold-up play today, that was a top all-round performance for someone who's big, strong, hold the ball up. He was a threat. He was outstanding today. He's been patient. Um, you know, he's one that we've had to treat slightly different. He's a young lad coming away from home on his own. Um, he hasn't had a off season. He hasn't had a rest yet. So I need to try and find the right time to look after him. But he's hungry. He's a great professional. He's a top kid, and I'm pleased that he's here. And he's only going to get better and better. I think the Rangers fans have seen him today and gone, yeah, I can see where it, what they're trying to do with him. And um, he's going to grow and grow and be a, a real good player for Rangers. High praise from Stephen Gerrard. Let's see if Declan and Mary Hill agree. Hi, Declan. Hi, Panel. How are you doing? Not bad at all. You going along with that? Uh, I, I was. Oh, that's what I was born away. We yeah, Cedric Keaton yesterday because he's like what Stephen said, uh, young boy just uh, left his home country and he was played at a position. He was played on the right hand side and as the ball went up to him, it stuck. He had the beating of the the Kelly left back almost every time. He put a few good balls into the box, which in another day we might have maybe capitalised on. Uh, I just feel like overall at the club there's been a change in mentality and. Maybe last season that would have been a game that we'd have dropped points in. Obviously, it was well documented getting into the game. Mm-hmm. We have struggled there before. So I think that's maybe like a wee monkey off our backs going over and getting a result. Obviously, the performance wasn't pretty, but we're seeing a wee different side to the Rangers. We're winning ugly and still getting the points. Alex? Yeah, I thought he'd done okay, Gordon. I agree with Stephen Gerrard in terms of some of his hold up play was good in the second half. The ball was getting hit into the wind, he was kind of chesting balls down. First half, he was a great out ball as well because when when, when Commandant were putting a press on, you know, obviously he had the beating of uh, Waters uh, at left back and uh, I thought he'd done well. And what it also brings to the table from that right-hand side now, over the last couple of weeks, I've been saying about Hadji tracking the back post when the ball's coming in from Barisic for the left just to make up a second striker. This boy does it natural. And when you've seen it coming in for the left with Stephen Davis dinked it in at the back post, he was unlucky not to score. Uh, so he brings that to the table as well. But and then even when Tavernier was about to cross, he then sort of busts a gut to get in, doesn't absolutely. he? Join no, so the, there's a real hunger to actually get up there gone. But one of the things uh, also, as the, the, the caller uh, Declan said there, is for me, I'd like to see him playing more through the middle. Mm. But the fact that he can actually play on the right-hand side of that three, he fits into the framework that Stephen Gerrard's trying to adopt. Do you go as far... As to say he was outstanding no, in man no, of the no. match The way Stephen Gerrard does is, is that the manager picking up on what was a good performance And maybe just adding a little bit a on it and, and gives players belief Is it the, yeah. the managers do that? Yeah absolutely I think because he's had to be patient He hasn't had a lot of match time Gordon When he does start And he's absolutely right Commander is a really difficult And it was a really tough uh, conditions to contend with as well But I think it's just a manager trying to reinforce Trying to keep the boy on side uh, and hopefully over the course of the coming months We'll see more of them Because it's like we said earlier on If you don't see a lot of guys You're thinking was that a waste of money and things But I've hardly seen this guy But we've seen good snippets Couple of goals at Motherwell Is it enough to see him get a run in the team Do you think Declan? Can you can you see that happening Or was that a horses for courses inclusion? Do you know what? I'm, I'm not too sure I feel like When Nellis came out the firing line Obviously he comes back in against Poznan And scores I don't think Nellis was brilliant yesterday In fact I can't even remember him touching the ball much so it maybe would be good to see it and getting a run through the middle because also that's why mm-hmm. we signed him as a number nine Roos obviously had his injury problems so he could come in but I think we've got three well say four different strikers including Defoe and they all offer something a wee bit different and I think that's what we've lacked when it comes to that, that quality in the final third 
I, I, for me, I still think Morelos is, is the number one Gordon. I know he's not playing it. I think me, but like we said earlier on with Edward. Is he, he quiet yesterday? No, he is Gordon, but the thing is, he actually becomes a focal point. So he contains two centre halves. Uh, and, and Certainly brought him deeper a lot more Absolutely And then that frees up the space For the for the runners in behind And I thought mm. Rangers were a lot more direct Trying to hit longer balls yesterday They got a lot of joy You know when the balls were getting uh, Headed by the, the command mm-hmm. defenders Joe Rebo's picking up Kent's picking up So you know There's, there's many ways to is it, is Under it, the circumstances Is it a continuation of that theme About Rangers finding ways To win games Alex Because again If we're saying Morelos was quite quiet I think Kent was probably quiet yeah. Again is that fair um, And he has been For the last few weeks but again, you know, team effort, yeah. find the different, do, do what you need to do and win the game. Yeah, there's a real control about him, Gordon. And you're actually highlighted now for a couple of weeks now, they haven't been the, the star performers. Earlier on in the campaign, you know, Kent was in fire. Morelos is kind of in and out at times. But when you're looking at actually Rangers playing at the moment, there's a kind of belief within that squad. You're getting goals from all over. The, I think you mentioned it at the weekend. Was it 13 different scorers? In 12 games. But I'm going to go back to press conferences. Oh, don't so no, that, the managers don't need that. So that when don't need that hassle. When the manager says, "Man the match, hands down," I'm going to say, "No, he wasn't." Would you have done that in no. your day? Exactly, <laughs> didn't think so. <laughs> I would with someone, but um, you know, I can understand that the motivation. You know, he's trying clearly trying to keep uh, Eaton's confidence high, uh, and that's a, a commendable duty of care. To your player But he wasn't the man the match Okay thank you very much That was Declan Mary Hill Declan give us a call back sometime Would be good to mm. Speak to you again Let's check in with Scott In Kirk and Tillock. What have you got for us Scott? Um, oh, good evening panel First evening. of all Hi um, Well I'm, I'm pretty The opposite of what the first That last caller says there about eating Right But she was just kind of Answered my question <laughs> That I was going to ask as well Before the game yesterday I'd seen Enough of eating to give it my opinion that I, I don't see it I absolutely don't see it and I've, I've heard Gordon say the same thing about six weeks ago and I absolutely agree with him but when Gerard I, know, I love when Gerard comes out of his interviews because I think he's dead honest and I think he's very straight but he wasn't honest yesterday I nearly fell off the chair when he, t- when, when he suggested um, that Eaton was man of the match yesterday and, and I'm not saying that he, I'm not saying he had a bad game um, he's never got, he's never going to start as first strikers, and I know the position that he played him there, and I know the reason why because the game was the suit for Hadji, so it was going to be more a physical game. But he's third striker, possibly fourth striker between him and and Defoe. But I, I don't see it. I, I really don't see what uh, Cedric Keaton. I, I wish I was wrong, but obviously the manager's right because he picked him and says that. But totally disagree 100% and I spoke to a lot of Rangers supporters today because I wanted to ask them the same question because I was a bit baffled I thought I don't know is it me and I don't I never heard one Rangers supporter say to me today that they they, 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 they thought Gerard was right saying he was man of the match yesterday I was I think, a bit confused I think to be fair to Cedric Eaton when he came on against Motherwell and he scored two good goals um, I think you could see the spark is there and in the fullness of time he might blossom all I'm saying is that To say he was man the match hands down No he wasn't I, I, I'm of the same opinion as you who, yeah, I actually thought he'd done okay yesterday and Under the circumstances, the conditions and things I thought he'd done okay and So so I don't think I'm getting carried away when I say that But again I get back to the point Whereas we are very quick to judge mm. I think he started three games Since he came to Rangers and second he a, league start I think Yeah, yeah that's it? right and won in the cup Gordon So when you look at that you know He's hardly got up and running yet Hugh And mm. that's partly to do with the actual 
performances at Rangers mm-hmm. are, you know the strikers are flying uh, and uh, you know it, there is a pecking order and you have to do something exceptional to actually retain that Scott are you being too hasty? Um, I, I don't think so um, I don't and, and, and I think time will tell because and as much as I think you've heard before me on about Morelis um, I, I'm, I'm not the biggest Morelis fan but it's clear to see that when he doesn't start games or he's no playing we are not the same team if we started a big game with Cedric Eaton before Morelis and I'm no Morelis' fan I'd be worried um, so no I don't see it I reckon I don't know what his contract does and it's probably silly talk but I, I reckon he, he's a squad player uh, which obviously we need squad players but he's never going to be a first game starter so for me, Scott, you, Scott you make a good point there because see last year I think one of the key things is that Morelos and Defoe the two strikers when Rangers lost them then they showed that they didn't have that depth and I think Itting comes into that bracket because like Hugh says a couple of goals against Motherwell and he could be a real good impact player trying to push for that first team start Scott good to hear from you hopefully we'll do it again soon let's hear from Robbie Nielsen and Jack Ross after a dramatic incident packed semi-final at Hamden on Saturday which saw Hearts through to take on Celtic in the final somewhat overshadowed or perhaps a, a fitting tribute to a former captain if you want to look at it that way from Hearts He says he was Robbie Nielsen Proud of the way His players battled through um, And he also dedicated the win To his old teammate Marius Zaliukas Who very sadly uh, Passed away recently At the age of just 36 These are the thoughts Of Robbie Nielsen I thought they were excellent Right through We knew Coming into this game That we were going to be 10 or 12 games behind Hibs Fitness wise We They've had Whatever it is 15 league games or something Cup games and all that, you know, And we've had Two league games to come into it So Two Put on that kind of performance and that work rate and go through not just the full game but into extra time as well. And one at the end was brilliant, so happy. Dressing room's absolutely flying at the moment. I found out just about a minute before the players went out, but we didn't speak to the players about it, we just left it, you know, now. You know, it's I, I knew Marius personally, you know, for, for a number of years. And it's devastating for everyone at the club. Devastating because he, he he was a big part of the club, but a huge part of the history. The captain the the, the five one game against Hibs here so you know hopefully we can give a slight bit of comfort to the family to say that this game's for him as well because he's had a difficult period recently he's um, got a neuron disease and you know we're all thinking about his family at this moment Yeah of course uh, very sensible talk there from Robbie Nielsen both about matters on the park and off the park the only way I can sum up what's happened to Maria Zaliukas and his family is to say what I said to you yesterday Gordon I have three children who are all over the age of 36. I could not contemplate in my mind what it would have been like to have lost any of them at that age. So I feel heart sorry for uh, everyone at Tynecastle and, uh, of course, for those that Marius Zaliukas leaves behind. Yeah, absolutely. I think we have our thoughts and prayers are with his family at this difficult time, Gordon. And uh, but going back to you know um, Robbie's actual points about the match, I thought he made some really valid points in terms of only having a couple of games. And I think it's great credit to his players because the performance they put on to actually get to a cup mm. final was remarkable. And do you know what, Hugh? Overall, everything about this fixture has been a bit of a roller coaster of emotions. They take the game itself. It would have been for, for both fans. It was so dramatic. There was penalties. Yeah. Not given penalties, given penalties, missed yeah. penalties, scored the extra time, all the rest of it, um, and then the, the news about Mary Zaliukas is kind of breaking on on Saturday. You know, yeah. Robbie Nielsen finds out before the game. I first saw the reports during the game. The players then find out after the game. Uh-huh. 
And then today Hibbs announced that, that Kevin Nisbet yep. played in the match Missed the penalty Put himself up there And, and you know what that This is football Probably took a bit of I think abuse is too strong But you mm. know People shouting at the TV for, for missing penalty At a crucial moment Whatever They announced that he played in the game A young man Having lost his dad On the Wednesday mm. um, And it's Do you know what I, I, I don't mean to to, to to sound cliche But it does kind of put It does put everything Into perspective Well to be fair to those Who were shouting at the television They weren't to know um, It's a matter of personal Choice uh, Some individuals would have said that There is no way that I can play Three days after my father's died um, So Kevin decided that he could And Jack Ross Must have been complicit in that decision Because he must have told His manager what had happened And his manager must have offered him the chance Not to play in the semi-final But Kevin Nisbet took That decision And uh, you know Again he's a young man I can only offer him my condolences at the loss of his father. What strength of character does that show from him, Alex, for a, on a couple of levels? Firstly, just to play in the game, and yet, listen, we know we missed it, we know what happens, but again, it kind of not not as important really as as the other stuff to step up there and, and take the penalty under the circumstances. Yeah, it says a lot for the boy, Gordon, because uh, under you know having lost your father, it must have been extremely. Trying times for him and his family And to actually go and play a game of football And uh, he, he spoke uh, today Came out today and says that everything he does From now on in will be With his family, father's uh, mm -hmm. memory in mind And uh, tremendous character and Listen I wish that boy all the best Because he's actually started off brilliantly uh, This season So on to the, the, the madness of it if you like Now that we've dealt with the proper serious stuff Let's do the pretend serious stuff mm. um, The stuff that people get more worked up about Than they probably should When you hear what's actually going on Big big result for Robbie Nielsen Absolutely Huge the, the, the penalty, It was the tale of penalties really I think you said earlier You thought Willie Collum got Both wrong Them, them all wrong Yeah I mean, Here I'm interested in So the Hibs one and well, Elaborate on that Because You've gone Willie Collum as your howler For giving it uh -huh. What about Joe Newell for buying it um, Should we uh, be expecting a bit more from players Rather no, than always uh, Always no, Criticising referees No expect nothing of players Players will, will cheat If they can get away with it but, Well that doesn't make it right No of course it doesn't Surely 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 we can expect more Of course But it's up to the referee Not to fall for it I'm afraid it's just yeah. the last guy uh, If the referee <laughs> fell for it uh, I say Willie got three right At Petaudry The weekend before In the uh, Aberdeen Celtic game I am playing devil's advocate To an extent right But in in life, you can't blame someone for being the victim of a I've conning over the guy who's, who's who's the con man. No, but the, you, as a professional referee, have a responsibility to see through the con man. But what about your responsibility as a professional player to not con people? There, there is no responsibility not to con I've people. They're professional see, footballers. They'll con you if they can. See, mm -hmm. see the, the the boy trying to cheat his way to to the final. It actually, does, it wrangles with me. It really does And uh, he has actually tried to con And we've seen the boy stepping up for the penalty I'm going Genuinely I'm thinking to I hope he misses this Purely for the point of view as is I wouldn't like to see Hibs go through On that Because of that decision Now We're standing here blaming Willie Collum Now I actually said Willie Collum was my howler Until you picked it Stole it for me <laughs> And then But the actual linesman Is looking part, Right along the line So he sees that there's no Contact You have Bobby Madden Who I think To be fair to him there was a player come across his line, so he might have been obscured. So there's other there's other guys could have actually called this out as well. It was a terrible decision. And the other one that they actually got hearts 
For the life of me I can't understand why that's actually given as a penalty You don't think Harps was a penalty either? I do not he, he, If two players are running towards the ball And the ball's maybe a yard ahead of him And he throws his legs in between McGinn's legs And initiates contact to the back of his forward foot Now if he got across the face Gordon And then McGinn comes through the back of him It's a stonewall mm. penalty But he's just dived right into the other player How is he supposed to react to that? Seeing this question of morality uh, you know, Stevie Clark will name his Scotland squad tomorrow. I'm thinking back 1977, Anfield, Wales versus Scotland. <laughs> Up goes a hand, allegedly a the hand of a Welsh defender, <laughs> Joey Jones, I think. And Joe Jordan is there. Now, to this day, if you ask Big Joe, you get a big, that big wry smile, and Joe don't tell you anything about it, you know. Uh, but we get away with one then. But did we say No 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 yeah. The Corinthian spirit is That we could not possibly qualify For the 1978 World Cup final On the basis of that decision oh, no, you, like, you take it when it's your team And if Ryan Fraser's listening And he feels like taking a tumble In 10 days time And it gets us to the Euros It might be a different question I'm, talk- I, I'm talking about Where you apportion the blame I'm not saying you don't take it If it's your team Anyway We'll leave it there How many more have you got In the teaser Eight players This is my big one Eight players who scored The the winning goal In a Scottish Cup final During the 90s This this will prove The old fella's back I'll decide Okay Stefan Adam Brilliant Stefan Adam 98 Alex Uh, I'm going Mo Johnson No We'll get the rest next you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're on the home straight in tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Alex Ray and Hugh Keevens are here. They're doing better than you would expect, actually, <laughs> on tonight's full-time teaser. Mikey sent it in, and thanks again to Mikey for that. Full-time at Clyde1.com. If you've got a good question, even a good idea for a question, and you want to hear it used on the show, that's the address you need. Fulltime at Clyde1.com. Mikey says, can you name eight players who scored the winning goal? That's the key part in a Scottish Cup final during the 90s. you got Ali McCoyst in 92, Mark Haitley in 93, Van Hoydonk 95, Stefan Adam 98. So you've got four down, four to go. Barry Ferguson. No. Uh, Craig Brewster. Great shout That's your shout of the night 94 1-0 win against Rangers For Dundee United Charlie Nicholas No oh. Charlie Nick Brian Loudrop No um, Rachel Goff No You're looking I'll give you a clue You're looking for one Rangers one still No more Celtic So you need to think Who else What other clubs won The Scottish Cup In the 90s Matthew's sent in an interesting oh. name But he's, oh, he's got his Stevie Kirk See if you had not got that one Between now and the end of the show I'd Stevie never have forgiven Kirk. you Stevie Kirk Dunshug. It's not like it was a forgettable cup final or anything Can oh, I no. say Get a look at yourselves 91 uh, Stevie Gaza? Kirk No um, Loudrop Matthew's gone Dieter van Tornhout But he's getting his <laughs> His time frame a little bit off That was the league cup final for Kilmarnock of course, a few against years Celtic, back, yeah. yes. Kenny Shields. Um, Stephen Tolan has got the one you're looking for, and he's also got Brewster and Adam as well. Mm-hmm. Many more. So you've got two to get. Who's the Rangers one, Hugh? Um, I don't know if it'll make much difference to you, but I'll tell you because it might help on Twitter. 1999. 99. I remember it. 
I remember it well Right, okay I'll leave it with you Let's hear from Stephen Robinson, shall we? We didn't get the chance to reflect on too many of the other games from the weekend He's putting Mullows fine Performance down to strong defensive work after another win at the weekend. He says they're improving because they're learning how to manage games better. I said earlier we've won four out of five now. Um, we haven't conceded a goal in those four games that we've we've won. So you know, good results are built on a, a solid defensive line. And I think today Declan Gallagher, Mark O'Hara, the whole back four were outstanding. And we had at times when we needed it real quality up front, especially our, our first goal in. Probably could have been three or four at half time. But um, second half, real disciplined, professional performance from the boys. And another goal for Tory? Yeah, right place, right time. He's playing very well. Um, obviously, Devontae came off at half time with a tight hamstring, so we asked Tony to, to play a little bit wider. I think that's probably what we're doing better than what we've done early part of the season is managing games better. Four, four wins in five for Motherwell. Tony Watt scoring again. It's another clean sheet in amongst a really difficult injury list. You can see why Stephen Robinson's. In a good place And it was very nice of Stephen To go onto a North Sea oil rig <laughs> And do the uh, the interview there uh, Yeah I mean 6-0 in aggregate Their last two games Motherwell um, Celtic Have Europe To think about On Thursday night But 12 o'clock Sunday At Fir Park It's a, a big test of Celtic uh, And the re-emergence Of Tony Watt Is fascinating to watch um, because you know we know the backstory. We're fed up. Listen to the backstory, and so is Tony Watt. Uh, this is someone who, at twenty six and after twelve clubs, uh, looks as if he's found a good home. I actually like what they've done. We've mentioned the their attacking options. You've got Lange, Watty, and Coley, <laughs> uh, so they've got good good uh, options going forward. Yeah, and Alex, it's actually because it's been a disrupted start to the season, and the form wasn't good yeah. at the start. But then you had the postponements, and everyone's sort of catching up and, and whatever else. But they're now in actually a decent position to to climb that table because I, I think if they got two game two games in hand over two games in, over yeah. some of the teams above them, yeah, over Dundee um, United, yeah, two games in hand. And uh, if they do that, if they win one of them, Gordon takes them up to fifth. I, I don't have any fears with them once they get the the Mugabe and. Some of the Donnelly other guys and uh, Donnelly And uh, I just think With the battling qualities That go throughout the team And the striking options uh, And I actually like the The variety that Stephen Robinson Throws in as well You know he mixes it up a little bit And uh, I just think they've got enough To get in the top six comfortably And one of the small But important talking points From the weekend The combination of a really windy day In Livingston And a 6 foot 8 18 stone goalkeeper We saw the Motherwell goalie Throw it <laughs> Almost the full length of the pitch, Right over the halfway line Alex You've got to savour these things Because they don't happen very often Yeah it, it, it's What a presence You know 6 feet 8 I wouldn't like to be cleaning his cage Out on a Sunday morning God <laughs> Yeah yeah I, th- well, I think we'll leave that there I, d- I don't really want to elaborate on that too much People will be eating their dinner It's that, that time of the evening um, Just very quickly You are at the end of the show And we'll do it tomorrow Significant day tomorrow oh. Stevie Clark names his Scotland squad For mm-hmm. that game The game the now, most important Scotland yeah. game in a long time All manner of question marks Will they find a place for Craig Gordon uh, As a reassurance In the goalkeeping department Will uh, Griffiths. Griffiths with two goals uh, Against St Johnson and Aberdeen will, If you're going to win You're going to have to have goal scorers how, 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 how do McKenna and Tierney get back in? Do they, do they get rid of Considine and, and guys that did so well last time? Well, I looked at Kieran Tierney yesterday at Old Trafford And he, <laughs> he not is, bad the boy, isn't he? He's more he's than decent uh, And he's just uh, Immense credit to him for uh, Immersing himself in English football Under a team like Arsenal He was terrific yesterday So 
He's back in alright Yeah big day that tomorrow And there's also big news Which we've not even got around to That the reports come out of France tonight That this plan to host the Euros At various different venues next summer Including Scotland Might be kiboshed because of, of Covid And moved to one single country Russia uh, <laughs> So something we can maybe elaborate on tomorrow Scotland's the idea and, that... and building up to the Europa League as well But in the meantime You two need to hurry up on this teaser Because we're almost out of time You're looking for Rangers Goal scoring Hero in the 99 Scottish uh, Cup final McCann No uh, Wallace Yes oh. Rod Wallace <laughs> See Shog It's about stepping up in a mark oh, Now there's a team <laughs> A team that won A significant Scottish Cup In the 90s That you, you, you're, you'll you have angered the fans You almost forgot about Motherwell's historic victory In 91 You've got Dundee United's in 94 Who else are you missing? 97 Tell us a team that will tell you the scorer oh, Kilmarnock The people of Kilmarnock cannot believe you've forgotten their big day Oh, was it Ibrox? Right Was it? St- yes. yes, Paul Wright, oh, well yes. done Good team effort that from yes. you two Thank you, Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray An extremely busy, sh- aren't they all? I, I tend to say that every night But I say it because I mean it It was particularly busy tonight Apologies if you couldn't get through But the good news is Give it another chance tomorrow Six o'clock we'll be here with Gordon DL and Roger Hanna And coming up next we've got Callum Gallagher So he'll look after you for the rest of the night And we'll speak to you tomorrow